Welcome to The Overflow, the official podcast of The Block. The Block is a thriving young adult ministry of Celebration Church in New Orleans, full of exciting initiatives, faith-filled speakers, a lively community, and most importantly, God's presence. Our aim is that every person seeking fulfillment tunes in and walks away overflowing with knowledge, encouragement, love, and gratitude for the Word of God. We hope that you are both encouraged and challenged by today's conversation. If you have your Bibles tonight, we are in Judges chapter 6. And what you don't know about me, but what you will soon learn about me, is that I love the Old Testament. Yeah, I don't love the Old Testament. All right. Um, I love the Old Testament. I'll spend a lot of time in the Old Testament. Um, The Old Testament is rich, it's good, it's filled with stories. As Bree was talking uh, just now, she said we just finished a series called Staycation. Staycation was amazing. Again, like she said, we talked about um, we talked about being missionaries, being everyday missionaries in our lives every single day. And today, I kind of want to piggyback on that with the story of Gideon, whom we'll read about in Judges chapter six, um, because Gideon um, Gideon was charged by God with a big task. Okay, this is a big task. Gideon is known to be a judge. Now, if you don't know what a judge is, in the Old Testament, uh, this was before kings. A judge, in one word, was a deliverer, okay? God used judges to deliver his people, right? And so if God had a weapon in the Old Testament, which if you read the Old Testament, you know he got a lot of ways of doing a lot of different stuff. But one of the ways in which he uses, he, he distributes justice is by raising up a judge, And we're going to read today that Gideon is one of those judges. But what I want us to focus on in the story of Gideon, because we don't have enough time to cover his whole story. But what I want us to focus on is how Gideon responds to be commissioned by God. Because I think, I would would assume that many of us may relate to Gideon's response to being commissioned by God. Because oftentimes when we are commissioned by God, it is scary it's not fun. It's not something we initially may get excited about, right? But it's the Lord. And we know that if the Lord is calling us, there's this sense in which we should go and we need to go. But to say yes to Jesus isn't always easy. But I need to start off by reminding you that the call that God has on your life is immensely important. The call that God has on your life is far more important than you can recognize in this moment. You may know what it is that God is calling you to do in this season of your life, but you do not know how valuable the calling in your life is if you would just obey God, if you would just step out on faith. And what I want to do tonight is encourage you. My goal is that we will find encouragement by stepping in the shoes of Gideon and realizing, oh, wait, if he said yes, in spite of what he felt about himself, and in spite of what he did, maybe I can do the same thing too. And if I say yes to God, then maybe God can do something extraordinary with with my life the way he did with Gideon's life. Okay? So let's read. This is Judges chapter 6. We'll start in verse 1. The Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord handed them over to Midian seven years, and they oppressed Israel. Because of Midian, the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the people of the east, they came and attacked them. 
They encamped against them and destroyed the produce of the land, even as far as Gaza. They left nothing for Israel to eat as well as no sheep, ox, or donkey. For the Midianites came with their cattle and their tents like a great swarm of, local, like a great swarm of locusts. They and their cam- camels were without number, and they entered the land to lay waste to it. So Israel became poverty-stricken because of Midian, and the Israelites cried out to the Lord. When the Israelites cried out to, them, to him because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to them. And he said to them, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. I brought you out of Egypt and out of a place of slavery. I rescued you from the power of Egypt and the power of all who oppressed you. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites whose land you live in, but you did not obey me. The angel of the Lord, there's like an unspoken then between what I'm about to read and what I just read. It says, then the angel of the Lord came and he sat under the oak that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joaz, the Abyssalite. His son Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior. Gideon said to him, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened? And where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? They said, hasn't the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have and deliver Israel from the grasp of Midian, for I am sending you. He said to him, please, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Look, my family is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's family. Yes, but I will be with you, the Lord said to him. You will strike, down Midian, you will strike Midian down as if it were one man. Then he said to him, if I have found favor with you, give me a sign that you are speaking with me. Please do not leave this place until I return to you. Let me bring my gift and set it before you. Father... We thank you for your word, God. Thank you for um, giving us instruction, giving us confidence, God, encouraging us, Lord. Thank you for the example of your son, God, but thank you also for the example of so many that came before him, Lord, to pave the way. Um, Lord, and I pray that we are encouraged tonight, that we are spurred on to say yes to the call that you have on our life, Lord. Um, We love you. God, we bless you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So here we have Gideon an Israelite, and he's living in a time where the Israelites have become oppressed, okay? As we read in the scripture, that they are so oppressed that all the nations around them have oppressed them. They're stronger than him, right? So anything they want to eat, they got to work for. They got to hide for. They got to make sure if they go eat that the enemies around them don't see that they're trying to eat. If they want to grow, if they want to become stronger, they have to do it in the presence of the enemies that's around them, and it's clear to them that the Lord has abandoned them. And I want to pick up um, in Judges chapter 6, starting in verse 11, because I want us to get a firm understanding of the state of mind that Gideon and the Israelites are in. Um, It says, then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, valiant warrior. Gideon said, Lord, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened? See, Gideon is looking around his life. He's looking around this state 
of his people. And the only conclusion he's comes to is there is no way in the world that the Lord is with us. There is no way in the world that the Lord is with us. And I want to know if you can identify with Gideon. If ever you looked around in your life and you said, Lord, why? Like, I've come to church and they always rave about your presence. And then we also talk about the power of your presence. We sing about being lost in the beauty of your presence, Lord. And if you are always everywhere, then why is this happening right now in my life? If you're there, if you've ever been there, well, guess what? Gideon is there as well. But he not only asked God why, he said, Lord, why is, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? And where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about? That's a struggle for me. Because when you're in a, in a low place, when you feel like the, the, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit is not with you, you want to know, Lord, where are you? Because you can't be here. I know they said it at church, and I know we sang it in worship, but there's no way you are right here. Because if you're, because we always talk about if you're here, you change things. And my life hasn't changed. My situation hasn't changed. And i even been praying to you. I haven't forsaken you. We, I still serve you. But where are you? And if you are here, why are you here and you're not doing nothing? Why are we still stuck in the same situation where I am right now? This is what Gideon's asking. He's asking why. He's asking where. And then he asked this. They said, hasn't the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over, out to, over to Midian. Lord, I see what you're doing for others. You in their life. I can see you moving in my friend's life in amazing ways. It's so clear and evident that you're involved in their life. But when I look in the mirror or when I reflect on my day or my week or my month or my year, Lord, you seem to be non-existent. Lord, when I go into your word and I recall all the things you did of old, I get encouraged. But after a few days and I, don't, I start not seeing you do those things in my life, I'm like, maybe, did I do something wrong, Lord? Did, what happened? Is it, not, is, it, is it me or is it you? Because I'm not really sure what's going on. All I know, Lord, is that you haven't been present. And if you have been here, you haven't, do you even care because you haven't done much yet? This is where Gideon is. This is his state of mind. And Gideon's state of mind is an expression of the mindset of the Israelite people in general who are present during Gideon's day. And here comes this angel. And, he, and the angel says, you know what, Gideon, despite of what you think, the Lord is with you, you valiant warrior. And I just want to tell you, despite of where you may think you are, no matter where you think the Lord may be, the Lord is with you. And I need you to own that. I need you to, because sometimes you got to speak it with confidence. Before I got up here, I had to speak it with confidence. Lord, I'm nervous, but you are with me. The power and the presence of your spirit is with me. And you got to own that. We can't gloss over that and go to the next point without you first owning the fact that the God of heaven and earth is present in your life. The Lord turned to Gideon and said, Gideon, go in the strength that you have and deliver Israel from the grass of Midian. I am sending you. He said to himself, please, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Look, my family is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my father's family. So, in other words, 
Upon being commissioned by the angel to do what God wanted Gideon to do, Gideon's first response is to disqualify himself. Listen to what he says. He says, look, I'm among Israel, and we're oppressed for a reason. And you want to know why we're oppressed? Because we're weak. We can't fight our own battles. We're struggling. People come in. They take our food. They take our ox. They take our donkeys. They take all of our cattle. They destroy all of our livestock. We can't do nothing about it. Everybody around us is bullying us, and there's nothing we can do about it. And you know what's worse, Angel? Since you just come from heaven and supposed to know everything, not only as my, my, my people weak, but my family is the weakest among all of Israel. So it just got worse. How about that? Right? And you mean tell me you're going to call me? And can I do you one more, Angel? Angel Mr. Know-it-all? Not only am I an Israelite, which is the weakest nation in, in the current state, and my, 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 my family is the weakest, but I'm the youngest in my family. So you mean to tell me you came to the bottom of the barrel to tell me that God is with me? Have you ever been there when you felt the tug of the Spirit calling you to do something that your first response is to disqualify yourself and say, Lord, not me. Surely you haven't called me. Here's my first point. Don't disqualify yourself. Do not disqualify yourself because if heaven calls you, heaven, and heaven knows all things. If heaven calls you, then the only proper response is obedience. We all know the saying, God doesn't qualify the call he calls the qualified. I messed that up. I messed that up. The opposite of what I just said. So reverse it when you listen to this and just flip it. Just flip it. But the point is, you don't always have to be ready. And don't compare yourself to other people. Don't compare your, because that's, that's what Gideon did. Gideon began to compare himself to everybody that was around him. Can he, because in, in recognizing his, his weakness, he also recognized the strength of everybody else that was around him. Comparison will kill your calling. You know why? You know why comparison will kill your calling? Because there will always be somebody better, than, better at what God is calling you to do. God was calling Gideon to be a judge, to be a deliverer, to be a valiant warrior. And Gideon was like, no, I'm the weakest. Look around me. Let me tell you something. You're going to always be able to look around and see somebody is better than you. You're going to always be able to look around and see that somebody is far more equipped than you. But guess what? He called you anyways. Because the honest truth is, God doesn't need you, nor does he need the people around you that's better than you. He could have done it all by himself. He can do it all by himself. But the thing is, he doesn't want to. See, God doesn't need us. He doesn't need you. But he wants us. He wants to partner. Like, if you follow the story of the Bible, if you follow the story of the Old Testament, you'll begin to recognize that when God does things on the earth, the odds are he's partnering with the human to do it. When he saved the world from its sin, he partnered with the human to do it. We called him Jesus, right? He partnered with Adam in the garden. He, God wants to partner with us. He wants to. It's not a need, it's a want. And the reason why I want to emphasize that is because you need to know that there's an intimacy involved in God's calling you. He wants to experience something with you one-on-one. But it all begins when we first decide 
to not disqualify ourselves. And I don't think comparison is the only way we, we disqualify ourselves. I think when we look at our flaws, our failures, our inadequacies, we like to disqualify ourselves. I think we look at our fear, God, I, I want to do it, but I'm just way too scared to do it. Uh-uh, you got to have to pick somebody else. If, I, I, if you was calling me to do it, if I was good enough for it, I wouldn't be scared. But because I'm scared, I know I can't do it, so God, you got to call somebody else. No, that's not the truth at all. Sometimes we allow our lack of understanding to disqualify us. But God said, lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him. But I want you to see that there's a truth for every lie the enemy ever tells you. There's a truth to every lie that the enemy tells you that tries to hold you back from saying yes to the calling that God has on your life. And you need to say yes to the call that God has in your life. But it starts when you do not disqualify yourself. Because what if God, in all of your inadequacies, in all of your lack of understanding, in all of your flaws, and even though you're the bottom of the barrel and you may be the weakest around you, what if he just doesn't care? <laughs> what if, like, he knew all of that before you even said it and just decided to call you anyways? What if all of the rebuttals you have for the Lord, he already considered and still said, yeah, that's the one I want? Like, there was a game plan in heaven, and, like, you know, they just had a bunch of people on the board, and he was like, yeah, they, we could do something different with them. For this thing I want to do, I want to choose this one. I want to choose you. That's the intimacy that's involved in the calling that God has on your life. That's the, the spe, the, how specific it is that God has called you to the specific calling that God has on your life. Okay? What if, as the angel told Gideon, you have all that you need already? He told Gideon, the Lord turned to him and said in verse 14, go in the strength that you have. And now at this point, I'm thinking, Angel, are you even listening, sir? Because he just told you that he's the bottom of the barrel. He's the weakest of the weakest and the weakest of the weakest, yet you're still calling him. But like I said, like what if God just, you know all of that, but he don't care. And he said, no, I want you to just go with what you have right now. What if you have enough right now to obey God with what he's called you to do today? Not next week, not five years from now, not 10 years from now, not months from now. I mean today. What if you already have enough for what God needs for you to do today? What if the strength you have is enough today? What if the wisdom you feel like you lack and you need is enough for today? What if the gift that you have that you know is unpolished is enough for today? What if it's enough for right now. God is saying, go with what you have. The thing, the thing is, I think what, how we psych ourselves out of this, because when we know, we reverence that when God calls us, it's such a great task that we disqualify ourselves because we think we have to be great when we do it. When, when, when does God ever call anybody in scripture and say, you know what, I'm calling you and you got to be great? Oh, y'all don't know either, huh? Oh, okay. Either y'all really don't be reading the Old Testament or y'all just going to take my word for it. You going to take my word for it? All right, bet, bet, bet. Right? What if God is not calling you to be great and all he's calling you to be is faithful? What if God is just calling you to just do it? Like, don't worry about how good it looks at first. In fact, I'm going to let you know it's going to look bad. However, just be faithful and I got you. 
If you can be faithful, I got, matter of fact, if you can learn and focus to be faithful, everything you lack will catch up with you. Do you lack wisdom? Wisdom will catch up to you. Do you lack strength? Strength will catch up to you. Your gift, it is unpolished right now. It is not perfect just yet, but I bet you won't start right now. I bet you won't be faithful with what you have in your hands to give to God right now. And what if by saying yes to God with what you have right now makes the biggest difference in your life? What if it's the start of something new in your life and all you did was say yes and you allowed what you didn't have to catch up with you? If you allow God time to deposit more into your life, if you wasn't ready, he wouldn't have called you. If, he, if you wasn't ready, he wouldn't have called you. But for what he's calling you to do today, because see, we thinking, okay, I got to be ready for when, it, when I hit the big stage. And he's like, I didn't ask you to go to the big stage. You're doing too much. Relax. Take a deep breath, okay? I want you to be faithful today. And if you can be faithful today, you'll grow today. And if you can be faithful tomorrow, you'll grow again tomorrow. And if you be faithful the next day, then you'll grow again the next day. See, sometimes we think too far ahead in advance. But God is saying, no, no, focus on today. And one day you'll look back and like, man, how did I get these muscles? I've been working out. So I, I went to the gym the other day. I'm like, man, where did I get these muscles? But you know how I got these muscles? <clears throat> you know how I got these muscles? <laughs> I ain't going to do it to y'all. I ain't going to do it to y'all. But you know how I got these muscles? Because I go to the gym every day, faithful. Stop. The joke's over. Y'all having, I have the microphone. Y'all having side conversations. I'm going to call you out from the stage. Yes, I will. It's my turn. Listen. My point is, if you can be faithful in the day, you'll be faithful for the rest of your life. But it starts today. And if you can be faithful with what you have today, God can make a difference for what you have. The, the scripture says in verse 16, but I will be with you, the Lord said to him, and you will strike down Midian as if it were one man. What I want you to understand about your calling is that the Lord has always been with you. When I read this passage, the way I've always read it is that the Lord was with, 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 I'm sorry, the Lord was with Gideon the moment the angel showed up. That's not the truth. The Lord had always been with Gideon, but Gideon didn't know it. See, Israel thought, that the Lord had forsaken them because they had been oppressed for seven years. But Gideon had been alive longer than seven years. So when the angel steps in and says, you know what, you're a valiant warrior, the Lord is with you, that means the Lord has always been with them. That even in their time of oppression and even in their time of slavery, the Lord had already raised up a judge to deliver them. They just didn't know it yet. What I'm trying to say is, you may not know it yet, but the Lord is with you, and you got to own it. And if you, as a believer, doesn't, if you think that the Lord is not with you, how much more do those who don't believe think that the Lord is not with them? Those who are struggling to believe in the Lord, those who want it as, want to have it as bad or as well as you have it. But it begins when you understand that the Lord is with you. See, the thing I love about 
this, this past, this part point in the story is that it reminds me that this wasn't, like the angel didn't show up and was like, okay, I'm going to make you a mighty warrior. He said, no, no, you are a mighty warrior. You've been a mighty warrior. See, for me, it takes me back to when God created me. When, I, when he fashioned me in my mother's womb, when he fashioned Gideon in his mother's womb, he knew that he was going to need to raise up a judge to deliver Israel from the Midianites. And he said, you know what? I'm going to make Gideon a mighty warrior. And even though Gideon was the weakest, that didn't change. That the call and the purpose of his life was to deliver Israel from their bondage and their slavery. And my point to you is, whatever God has called you to, he's already fashioned you for it while you was in your mother's womb. That whatever he's calling you to do, you were literally created to do it. You've been fashioned with specific gifts and talents and personalities to do exactly what it is the Lord is calling you to do. You just got to believe it. You've got to trust, again, what the Lord has deposited in your life is enough for what he's calling you to do. Saying yes is your next point. Saying yes to your calling will reveal to you what God has planted inside of you. Because when he was fashioning you, he put a seed inside of you. And you don't recognize it yet, but there's a seed inside of you that the Lord planted while you was in your mother's womb. And the only the reason why you don't recognize the only reason why Gideon didn't recognize that he was a valiant warrior because he the opportunity never yet arise arose and when the opportunity arises for you to respond to the call of God with a yes that seed will begin to grow Gideon didn't recognize himself as a valiant warrior but the angel knew that when Gideon was being fashioned in his room God left in the womb God left a seed of warrior inside of him and if only Gideon would just trust in the Lord, that seed of warrior will begin to sprout and grow. When you say yes to Jesus, you're going to really find out what you're made of. Because you don't know yet. You don't know. You think you know. Because we've been, we, you know, we grown or whatever, right? We know who we are. We know what we want, you know. And some of us are, are humble enough to say that we don't know and we're not there yet. But the point is, what if God has something inside of you that you never discovered yet because you never said yes because you've always disqualified yourself because you've always thought that you weren't good enough or you didn't have enough or the strength that you had to go with wasn't good enough but what if God, what God has put inside of you is more than enough and and you saying yes something inside of you is going to grow like wildfire and you never thought it was possible but it all starts with a yes it all starts with saying you know what, God I'm gonna trust you I'm going to step out. And that's what Gideon did. But see, the difference for Gideon, the reason why Gideon, by trusting in the Lord and saying yes to him, was able to defeat the Midianites, whom the scripture says was too many to count. The Bible said that Gideon was going to defeat them as if they were one man. And an army, don't miss this, an army that was too many to count could be conquered as if it was one Man, what? But the difference is, not because of what Gideon was capable of, but because of what Gideon was capable of by partnering with the Lord. You can't do it by yourself. You never could do it by yourself. He never called you to do it by yourself. Go doesn't mean go, and I'm going to stay right here. Go means come. Let's go. We're going to do this together. I'm partnering with you. Let's do it together. 
and the call is too big for you, but it's just right for you and God. It's too big for you. So if you go out here and say, like, okay, he told me I can go what I have. I got this. I'm going to do whatever I want. You will fail. And don't call me. because I never told you to do that. The thing about Gideon's call was that Gideon had a specific calling from the Lord. And because Gideon was doing what God was calling him to do, Gideon was going to do something supernatural, never thought of. Because remember, even the army that Gideon would build for himself would be a bunch of weak people. It never gets to a point for Gideon that he has enough to win in number, in, in, in the physical, in the natural eye. But in the spirit, Gideon had the Lord with him. And how many of you know if the Lord is with us, who or what can be against us? Gideon is living this out. Why? Because he had a yes in his spirit. He was willing to answer the call of the Lord in spite of how he viewed, his, viewed himself and other things of that nature. It says then in verse 17, it says, then he said to him, Lord, if I have found favor with you, give me a sign that you are speaking with me. Please do not let me leave this place until I return to you. What I want you to notice is that Gideon recognized his calling as favor. Like favor. That to be called by God is to be favored by God. That's what Gideon heard. Okay, like if you really are calling me, if I really have found this much favor with you that you would skip a whole line of people to come to little old me, then surely I found favor with you. And I just, because sometimes we, when we think about favor, we think about material, materialistic things. Like we look at people who got a lot of money, who's got it going on, and we say, oh, the Lord favor you. Can I, what kind of prayers you been praying? Because I'm trying to pray them too. God, I, need what you, I need what God giving you. That's not, that's, not, that's not the whole story of what favor is. Don't you know that you, you've been favored by God? Because God, because God called you, you are also favored? Let me be specific about what I say when God calls you. Because before he called you to go do something, he first called you to himself. You are favored because God called you out and called you to himself. And when you got to him, there was what? There was love. There was grace. There was mercy. That even while you were yet a sinner... Jesus came and died for you. He gave his only son for you, and you don't think you favored? What more are we looking for? You are favored because God called you to himself. And another expression of his favor, as we, as we see in the life of Gideon, is that he's called you. He's called you to do something in his kingdom. It's special. It's a great opportunity. It's an opportunity for intimacy. And what you need to recognize is that this is favor, but favor comes with two things. And we don't like to talk about this. Favor comes with purpose and responsibility. Come on, somebody. Allie taught me that one. Ooh, I, about, I about jumped out the car when she told me. Hallelujah, somebody. Because the reason why that's so good to me is because all my life, people who you can see the favor of God on, they just brag with it. <sighs> favor ain't fair. Get, get like me. I'm I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. He don't favor everybody, but now he does. He favored you because, again, he called you to himself. But this favor comes with purpose and responsibility. Gideon was favored, but he had, to go, he had to go be a deliverer that God was calling him to do. He had to go fulfill his purpose. And so what I want you to see that, yes, that God favored you because he, 
He called you to himself. Yes, he favors you because he calls you to go, but that going comes with a purpose. That favor comes with a responsibility. And you need to know that if God is calling you out, you need to handle your business and fulfill your responsibilities. You need to walk in your purpose that God has called you to before the foundation of the world. Why? Because you have favor on your life. And you don't get to experience that favor until you're handling your responsibilities. It's not that you're not favored. The odds are you're not experiencing a, favor, a favorable, favorable life. It's because you're not handling your business. You're, you're doing everything but what the Lord has called you to do. And now life doesn't feel like favor. Now Christianity is okay, but like it didn't work the way I thought it was going to work. But you never went ten toes deep. You never jumped all in with God. You never fully submitted to the call that God has on your life. And so now you, you don't have the, the right idea of what it means to be favored by God. Because you know what you receive when you're favored by God? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Things that this world can never take away from you. Because if, if, if what you think about favor is materialistic, you can have it in one season and, ha- and not have it in the next. And then you'll be asking God, like, God, what did I do? I was faithful, right? I did what you wanted me to do. I, I, I thought I did what you wanted me to do, but the reality was, no, you weren't. You were doing what you wanted to do. And it caught up with you, right? But you can live life and life more abundantly when we begin to answer the call that God has on our life. I'm going to jump down to verse 25. It says, on that very night, the Lord said to him, Gideon, take your father's young bull and a second bull, seven years old, then tear down the altar of Baal that belongs to your father and cut, and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Build a wall, build a well-constructed altar to the Lord your God on the top of this mound. Take the second bull and offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah pole you cut down. So Gideon took ten of his male servants and did as the Lord had told him. But because he was too afraid of his father's family and the men of the city to do it in the daytime, he did it at night. I'm not here to bash Gideon. I'm actually here to celebrate the fact that even though Gideon was afraid to do it in the day, he did it at night. But guess what he did? He did it. He did it. And my last point is that sometimes you just need to do it. Do it anyways. You need to do it. Gideon was afraid to do it. He was afraid to answer the call that God had put it on his, on his life because he just had this supernatural experience with the angel the same day. And now God is asking him to go out into the community and, and tear down the Asherah statue that the whole community worships. That's a big deal. You want me to be the, the deliverer and the judge today in all of my inadequacies, even with the strength that I have, even though I don't have really any, and you want me to bank on the fact that you are with me? Yes. And Gideon's response was, yes, but I'm nervous. Yes, but I'm going to be honest with you, God, I'm scared. But guess what? Gideon did it anyways. And I want to close tonight by just challenging you. Do it anyways. Sometimes you just got to do it scared. (laughs) This is what it is. Sometimes you're not going to get, you're not going to, there may be, you may never get over your fear on the sideline. If you want to get over your fear, you got to get in the game. When I was, okay, I'm going to be honest. Okay. When I was in high school, y'all, I'm, I'm skinny, okay? I don't really have muscles. 
I just want y'all to laugh at me. Thank you, Allie. All right. But when I was in high school, I used to be so scared to get into football games. Because them dudes would be big. Like, why are you 200? All muscle in high school. Relax, bro. Get out of the gym. Go do something different. I was so scared to get in the game because I was scared what would happen to me. But you know how I got over my fear? She got in the game. I'm like, oh, you don't even hit hard. You weak. Right? The same thing happened with Gideon, though. When he stepped in the game, when he actually started to walk in the calling that God had on his life, he began to witness an army that was too big to be numbered function as only one man. And he defeated him. But it's because he went and did it anyways. Despite his inadequacies, despite his lack of understanding, despite his lack of strength, he decided in his mind, because the Lord is with me, I will do what thus says the Lord. I'll do it anyways. And sometimes you got to do it afraid. I was told not to tell the story, but I'm going to do it anyways. Relax. I don't even know what I'm about to say. Jeez. I might have even shared this story with y'all already before, but I'll close with this story. Um, when I was in, uh, in college, I got an opportunity to, like, give, a, like, a small devotional for my leadership team. And, y'all, I was scared. I woke up that morning early, and I was praying. I prayed all day. I went over my notes and my lines all day long. Nobody could tell me I, I was ready. So we get in the leadership meeting, right? We, everybody, we huddled around. The guy looks at me. He said, you ready? I said, mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all know how you throw up in the back of your mouth and burn a little bit? You know, it's just like, Ugh. you know? Well, I wish it was there for me. Y'all, this is a full. And I'm faced with a decision. And I'm going to throw up in front of everybody or I'm going to just swallow it. I swallowed it. It was gross. Now, y'all think I'm nasty and y'all think I'm gross. And that's whatever. You know, I, that's why God made gum. Anyways. And, and, and you brush your teeth. You do that too. That's not what I meant. Steven, where you going? Come back. <laughs> My point in telling you that story is that despite how gross it was, despite how hard it was for me to do it, I did it anyways. <sighs> Maybe I shouldn't have shared it. But the point is that that first moment of me getting over my fear and looking fear in the eyes and say, you know what, fear, I will not let you stop me from fulfilling the purpose that God has in my life has led me to this moment. And I don't know what moment the Lord is leading you to. I don't know what future moment the Lord is leading me to. But I know it starts with a yes anyways. No matter what I got to go through, no matter what I have to deal with, no matter how I must change my perspective of myself and how the Lord views me, I'm going to say yes anyways and just watch what God does with your life when you give him a yes. Amen? Let me pray. Lord, we love you, and God, we thank you for who you are. Father, we pray, Lord, that the power and the, and, and the confidence of your spirit, Lord, would, would, would just rest on us, Lord, that we may give you a yes. Lord, I pray for everybody in this room, Lord, who understands that they are called but is struggling to say yes, God, I pray that you would strengthen them, you would give them boldness, you would give them courage, God, that you would help them, that you would take their mustard seed of faith and expand it, Lord, and you would grow it, Father, so that you may be glorified in their life, God. May we be like Gideon, Lord, and that though, me, though we may wrestle 
with saying yes, Father, we may get to a point where we trust you. Lord, we step out on faith and allow you to do what you have decided to do with the strength that we have, with the faith that we have, with the, the knowledge that we have. God, pray that your grace would overwhelm us. God, it would strengthen us and you would be honored and glorified in our lives because of it, Lord. May we experience what it's like to be favored by you in order of our obedience. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, make sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. You can keep up with us by following our Instagram by searching at the block NOLA. Again, thanks for listening to the Block Podcast.